Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Oh, I always feel so empowered when I hear that opening. A shout-out and thanks to my co-producer, <laughs> Mr. Ryan Treasure, the VP of Operations at Voice America World Talk Radio, my partner in crime here. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We've got a great show for you today. I'm so thrilled everybody's here. You have all, all my listeners around the world have helped make this show so popular so quickly. We started it in June of 2019, and here we are. Great topic today, and I'll tell you about something that was posted on Twitter in response to my promo a few minutes ago. Topic today is the highs and the lows. Take that any way you want. Cannabis industry 2020 and beyond. Let me start off with some statistics here. First of all, I've said cannabis, and that's the basis of our topic, CBD. So according to Brightfield Group, a CBD and cannabis market research firm, the legal CBD market, and I said legal, is projected to surpass $23 billion, that's with a B, in annual U.S. sales by 2023. Now do the math. We're already almost at the end of February 2020, not that far far away. Recreational marijuana is legal in 11 states. Medical marijuana is legal in 23 states. Do the math there. We're going to ask four experts for their take on our topic, the highs and the lows. And again, interpret that any way you want. Cannabis industry 2020 and beyond. I have four experts here. Very interesting ladies. And let me tell you who they are. And then we'll have each of them introduce themselves and find out what they do, what their relationship is to this big burgeoning thing called the CBD industry. In a moment, we'll be hearing from Autumn Shelton. She's been on before. She's lovely, and she's so smart. She's the CFO of Autumn Brands. I love the branding with her name. That makes a lot of sense. Joining us also, joining her is Tina Frontato. She's the CEO of a company called Cop Sun. I'll spell that. Capital K-O-P, capital S-U-N, all one word, L-L-C. We'll find out what she does. Also on the panel, Diana Starr-Langley, co-founder of Infused by Epic. That's an interesting company. And rounding out our foursome on the panel is Lealoha Kale, spells her last name C-A-I-L. She's the manager of the pharmacy, and I'll spell that F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Very interesting ladies, all, I believe, very entrepreneurial and very well-versed in this topic. So whatever this means to you. Let's get started. Autumn Shelton, welcome back. And why don't you refresh us what you do at Autumn Brands and what does CBD mean to you? Thank you so much, Bonnie, for having me back again. Um, Delighted. Yes, I am the the co-owner and CFO of Autumn Brands. We are a 50% women-owned cannabis company in California that is dedicated to health and wellness, and we are committed to sustainable and pesticide-free farming and products. And when did you get involved in this, Autumn? Give us a little more background. Everybody wants to know. Uh, well, we started in the collective model days back in 2015, and then when we switched over to the regulated market in 2018, we decided um, to brand ourselves. So in about May of 2018 is really when we started to really put out products and um, tell people about our message and who we are and, and what we represent as, a fa- as two families that own and operate this business. Autumn, what attracted you to this industry? I, I know you're smart. I know you're young. I know you've got a lot of background in you could do anything you want. What attracted you to this industry? Well, this plant is incredible. You know, we're seeing it every day, how much it's helping people um, with so many different types of elements. And we still don't even, we haven't even touched on what this plant can do for everybody. So I'm just so proud to be able to really provide products that are natural and, and um, pesticide-free uh, to people that really are in need, but also people that just like to be a little more carefree or creative. Um, so it's, it's been a really fun road, a very challenging road, mm-hmm. but um, I'm, I'm proud to be in this industry, even though it's very hard um, because it's benefiting so many different people in so many different ways. Thank you, Autumn. Welcome back. Delighted to have you. Let's move one stop around the table to Tina Frontato. Tina, this is the first time you and I are meeting. Happy to have you here. Why don't you give us your background? What do you do, and how did you get involved with this industry? Tina. Well, thank you, Bonnie, for having us. Um, 
What I did do for 30 years, I was a philanthropic advisor um, in Santa Barbara County working with foundations and family foundations and nonprofits and transitioned into cannabis because, like Autumn, the medicinal health and wellness benefits are undeniable. And Copson is also um, a full female-owned company, and our mission really is to simply provide information and education around the health, wellness, and medical benefits of cannabis. And really, Bonnie, um, there were just a couple of us, and uh, when we started and we'd hold these little classes, and now we have grown to a group of eight, and our biggest challenge is really meeting the demand for education. As you know or don't know, the fastest-growing group of cannabis consumers are 65 and over. And they're looking for ways to transition away from their over-the-counter medications, Tylenol, Advil, and um, also from their pharmaceutical prescriptions for sleep aid, anxiety, pain. Um, and, you know, as we, as we all age, um, our bodies begin to deteriorate, and the cannabis plant with all of its cannabinoids really help to balance us back out and bring a wonderful quality of life. Thank you, Tina. I have a question for you. How did you come up with the name Copsun? What does it mean? K-O-P-S-U-N. What's the derivation? Well, uh, my father-in-law was chief of police um, of our mm. of our town, and my husband was called Copsun. And back then, that was a bit derogatory. Whoa! So, um, in order to change the energy, we thought um, we'll change the spelling and create something beautiful out of it. And that's exactly what's happened. I, I love that. that that's, never in a million years did I think that's what you were going to say, Tina. I thought KOP right. was some kind of a, a subscript or a subtext for, for a cannabinoid or for CBD. Another way, I don't know. I was looking for something deep in the industry. I love it. Fascinating. Thank you, Tina. Pleasure to have you on. Thank Quite a background. You. Quite a background. Diana Starlangley, you're next. Please talk to me. Who are you? What do you do? Good morning. Uh, my background is in medical and consumer products. Um, I had a medical company for over 25 years and retired. And um, my partner is 34 years old, so he's half my age. Um, I've known him since he was in high school, and he came to me a couple years ago. And um, I was intrigued with the industry. I hadn't smoked since college. But, you know, I was very intrigued with the industry and what was happening, and it was really rolling pretty fast in 18. It was so much information was coming through. And um, so he's, we went through all the parts of the industry, and he had background in the industry. And so we ended up um, starting a manufacturing company, which is my love. Um, and we went one step further and decided to become a tech company. So we convert the oil into clear water soluble, which is needed in some products, um, especially drinks. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to put oil into a drink. It would float on top. So we do what the pharmaceutical industry or the cosmeceutical industry does, and that is make it into tiny nan nanoparticles so that it's uh, faster onset in the body, higher bioavailability, and easier to put in some products. Fascinating. What's your background? Are you? Did you go to pre-med, medical school? Are you a, a high-tech person? It sounds like there's a, a fusion of, of different interests there, Diana. I'm, I'm fascinated. And what does EPIC mean? You see, infused by EPIC. What's the derivation of that name? Well, we call the company names are different, but we call that our technology. Our technology okay. is infused by EPIC. So if it's Got a it. product that, like we make vegan gummies, but we're pretty much a white labeler for other companies. We're a CBD uh -huh. and a cannabis company. Uh, we're two separate companies. Um, so we learned on our CBD company until we got our cannabis license. But my background is purely, you know, I guess I started in, in medicine back in the early, in the late 70s or mid 70s. And um, so th the fact that this has a medicinal, of course, it's my mom who always says, now, honey, the marijuana you're in is medicinal, right? I went, absolutely, Mom. <laughs> 92 years old. So. 
I love it. I love it. Oh, you know, is it okay? You, you mentioned, Diana, I think you said, I haven't smoked in years. That, that's been in the past few years. I'm not getting into politics, ladies, but it was, did people dare who were running for any kind of a national platform office, did people dare say, yes, I smoked marijuana in college? Oh, my God, he admitted it. It was such oh, a no. thing. Do you remember? Such a big thing. It was such yeah. a big thing. And I went to school at University of Michigan, and it was legal there in the 70s. What? You're kidding. So a politician would even be penalized for doing something legal if they'd admitted it and if they went to Michigan. So, yeah. OMG. Yeah, some of us were kind of sneaking it around. What can I tell you? Way back in the day. I'm not going to admit to anything, and luckily I'm not running for office. Thank you, Diana. <laughs> Such a, yeah, let's, let's keep doing what we're doing. We're fine. Leia Aloha Kale, pleasure to meet you. The pharmacy with an F instead of a PH. Please tell us who you are and what your company does. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks for having me here. Um, we opened the first 21 and over cannabis dispensary in Santa Barbara in August of last year, and it was a big celebration. Over a thousand people the first day, lines around the corner, and continues to be a pretty thriving part of our community. We see almost 400 customers today, and um, you know we remain focused on primarily on community and education and curating a menu that has a variety of different products that people from all walks of life are looking for. Interesting. What's your background? Um, so I am, um, I've, I've done a lot of things, but for the last 10 years, I was a manager of a luxury vacation rental ex- uh, company. <laughs> so essentially, um, you know, <laughs> providing a service that gave people an experience that they would remember for years, whether it's family reunions or honeymoons, um, you know, really affecting people's lives in a, in a small way, but in a lasting way. So there what, are definitely some similarities with what I can yes. do uh, within the cannabis industry as well. I was going to say, what drew you across from that part of, of giving people an experience, if I can put quotes around that, to what you do now? What, what, what was the, what's the dotted line that brought you to the pharmacy? Uh, well, I've always been a cannabis advocate um, mm-hmm. and enthusiast. So it was kind of a, a natural path for me. Um, one of my childhood friends has been very active in the cannabis farming community here in Santa Barbara. So he was awarded one of only three merit-based licenses to open a dispensary uh, in the city. So when he was given one of those licenses, that's just when I came on board and started uh, the project. So it's been about a year um, from when the license was given to when we opened our doors. Um, You know, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, um, but really rewarding work. Well, congratulations. It it sounds like everybody's doing well. Autumn, you have outdone yourself inviting these three extraordinary ladies to join us on the panel today. Thank you, Autumn. Kudos to you. Now, this is the part of the show where I have asked each of my panelists to send me a quote that is not about the topic. We're talking about future of CBD industry 2020 and beyond, but we're going to just make this a quick two-minute lightning round, each one. I'll read the quote you sent me with a little bit of a background on the source, the author, and then ask you to tell how this tell us how this quote relates to our topic today. So Autumn Shelton, you're up first. Autumn sent us a quote from Mark Anthony. No, not the guy who sings Let's Get Loud, who's actually going to be performing this Friday here in Durham because a friend of mine who's in my Latin, I have a Latin band now, my, my singer and, and uh, uh, bongo player, my conga player, is going to see Mark Anthony. This Mark Anthony is spelled M-A-R-K, and he's a poet, and his book that Autumn is quoting is The Beautiful Truth. And uh, let's see, it was published in 2016 by the Create Space Independent Publishing Platform, and the word is that Mark Anthony, M-A-R-K, is a poet, dreamer, and realist all rolled into one contradiction. I haven't heard a bio that fascinating in that title in a long, long time. Here's the quote. And one day she discovered that she was fierce and strong and full of fire and that not even she could hold herself back because her passion burned brighter than her fears. Autumn, what a gorgeous quote. Tell me, how'd you find it and relate it quickly to our topic today, please? Well, all of us on this panel, thank you so much for having these other three women as well. There's three of my favorites. Um, 
um, not just in this industry, but, you know, uh, that I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. So it's extra special to have them here. And for all of us, I know that we are so passionate about this plant and so passionate about this industry. And this, this really holds strong for, for us as women that we are, we are really generating and creating this new industry and educating so many people on the benefits of this plant. And we have so many hurdles, as I mentioned, you know, anti-groups that are trying to take us all down. We have people that still just follow the stigma. So we, we all just are fighting so hard to express and, and, and tell people how just truly incredible this plant is not only today, but what it's going to do for everyone for so many years down the line. Thank you very much. I love the quote. It's it's a tweetable, quotable moment. If I was on Pinterest actively, I would mm. put it up there and make a board around it. Thank you. Tina, you're up next. Tina sent us a quote from Mother Teresa. I'm not going to begin to pronounce her original name because I can't. She lived from 1910 to 1997. In the Catholic Church, she was known as St. Teresa of Calcutta, an Albanian industry I'm sorry, Albanian Indian, Roman Catholic nun and missionary, famous for helping the the poor, the sick, uh, people with leprosy. She she was quite a do-gooder in her lifetime. Here's the quote. I know God will not give me anything I can't handle. I just wish that he didn't trust me so much. Tina, very interesting quote. Talk to us. How does this relate to our topic today? Got to hear this. Well, I think the relate as as Autumn had um, so beautifully um shared is that this is an industry right now where, you know, we are bringing cannabis into the light of legalization and creating a paradigm shift around the stigma that had been strategically implemented for almost a hundred years into um, our nation and really into our world. And through our information and education classes, this has been our our goal is to you know teach people the beauty of this plant but as shared earlier we still have a very small but very loud and strategic group that is very anti-cannabis and on a daily basis all of us um, have to endure this and we lean on each other for strength and confidence and the ability to keep moving forward because we know deep in our heart of hearts that what we're truly doing is for the good not only of our community, not only of our state or our 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 country, but really for our world because cannabis soon, I mean, I'm predicting within the next five years, um, they'll be announcing that there's cures for cancer because of cannabis. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? That's all. Yeah, it's already, I mean, the the research is already pointing in those directions. So um, we're, you know, they're finding markers, particularly with ovarian cancer and colon cancer, Mm. um, skin cancers, that that the cannabinoids within this plant are ideal for eradicating. Amazing. Thank you. There's hope. There is hope. Thank you so much, Tina. Diana, let's look at your quote. You've picked a quote from one of our most quotable movies on all of my radio shows from Back to the Future. This is part three, and the quote is from Doc Brown. In this final chapter, Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox, obtains a 70-year-old message from the time-traveling Dr. Emmett Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, informing Marty that Brown has retired to a small town in the Old West. But Marty founds out the Doc was murdered shortly after sending the letter. To save his friend, Marty will travel back in time, disentangle a love-struck Doc from a local school marm. They still call him school marms and repair the DeLorean while avoiding a posse of gunslingers. Okay, so Emmett Lathrop Doc Brown, PhD, is a fictional character in the Back to Future, Back to the Future trilogy who invented the first time machine built out of a DeLorean sports car. Okay, here's the quote. I'll get to it. Your future hasn't been written yet. No one's has. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. And Diana, that's that's in a way the, the mantra of why I created Technology Revolution, the future of now. People say the future is already here. I say, no, that was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet. So I love the quote. Diana, how did you find this quote? Talk to me. Well, uh, I'm a big Christopher Lloyd. We're, in, we're acquaintances. And so it kind of makes the quote even more fun, I think. Um, for me, the this whole idea of... of um, you know, knowing what, what our future looks like, I, I have proven myself wrong, you know, yearly, uh, annually, 
um, that I haven't got a clue. I mean, two years ago, I, you'd never have gotten me to say that I'd be in the cannabis business. Um, and I, so I think the future, to me, is exciting because you don't know what's going to happen. If I knew what the future was, it would kind of take some of the fun out of it. Um, but you also have the choice to either um, embrace whatever future uh, is given to you. And, yeah, like the gal said, we, we're having a hard time. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of pushback. And then you see people like my friend Veronica Villanueva, who, is, um, who had stage 4 uh, lung cancer four years ago. And she's completely clean now. She was given um, three to four months to live. And um, that didn't happen. She took cannabis every single day. She decided she, the future needed her. And um, literally, she says that. And she just said, I, I need to, you know, I created this with my body. I can uncreate this. And so she, that's mm-hmm. exactly what she did. Four years later, she has not a, um, not a sign of any cancer in her body whatsoever. And she's even creating a cannabis line for cancer patients to kind of, you know, follow what she did. Um, so I think when you see things like that and what's happening out there, not just anecdotally the people we don't know, but to people we do know, um, mm-hmm. the future looks very bright, but we have no idea what it will look like. Um, it, will, it will always take a different turn than, than probably what we could predict. There you go. I, I read recently, Diana, that people don't really want to know that future because they want, don't want to know how it's going to turn out. They want that excitement, that motivation, that forward-looking, what can we do to be part of it, but we don't want to know if it's preordained. We don't want to know that it's already set in stone. We want that. We want that unknown because that's what propels us forward. Very, very well put. Thank you, I Diana. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I called to show the future of now. It ain't here yet. Whoops. After I said yet, we already had a future and now it's in the past. It's very hard to keep track of this. We're all in time travel anyway, I think. <laughs> Leoloha Kale has sent me a quote from William Gibson. This is a great one. The future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. I'm not going to ask you to go ahead and defend that, but I'll just tell you that William Ford Gibson, he's still around, born in March of 1948. I'm allowed to call him a young man and I can't tell you why. American Canadian speculative fiction writer and essayist, widely credited with pioneering the science fiction subgenre known as cyberpunk. And he coined the term cyberspace. And he popularized it even before we had the internet. It was a combination, his computer work on humans, combination of low life and high tech before the ubiquity of the internet in the 1990s. Interesting guy. So, Quote again, the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. We can go with that. Lealoha, tell me how you picked this one. Well, first I want to thank Diana for sharing that story um, about her mm-hmm. friend. I think that us in the cannabis industry are fortunate to see stories like this, um, you know, on a regular basis. So we have proof right in front of us of how beneficial this medicine is. Um, we get to see it every day. For a lot of the people in different places in the country, they don't have easy access to a local shop or um, experts in their field. So they aren't able to really see firsthand what this plant can do and how it can benefit their lives. So I think in, you know, certainly in California and for those of us in, in the industry, we can see things that are here, that are now, that are really helping people. And, you know, just like the story that Diana said, I mean, this is a life and death story. This is a miracle. So um, for us to be able to see that is um, something that is spreading and is we think that it's just a matter of time before the world catches up and research can catch up and really recognize the incredible potential of this natural resource. Very well put. Thank you so much. Great quotes, ladies. Appreciate that. Now it's time. We're not taking a break on the show. Autumn knows that. We just go right through. Why stop this great momentum and energy from my wonderful panel? Autumn, uh, everybody, by the way, has sent me four predictions about the topic. Some of them are going to overlap. I'll try to pick the ones that are unique. Autumn, I'm looking at your first one, and it's, it's an extension of what... Uh, what Leo Aloha just said a second ago, but it's important, so I want to read a little bit and have you expand it. Ladies, I'll read one of your predictions and then take about two, two and a half minutes, explain it, and if you have anything to say about anybody else's predictions, jump in, but I want to keep this moving because there's so much brilliance here in what you sent me. So, Autumn says, due to cannabis being 
federal illegal, the amount of research to understand all the benefits is still being blocked and minimal. And she says the cannabis plant has over 100 cannabinoids, and we really only know about a few of them. So talk to me about this aspect of research and your prediction. Is it going to get better, Autumn? What do you see? What do you see in the crystal ball? Well, yes, I think it's definitely going to get better. And as we've talked about in other shows, you know, our bodies have the, in the early 1990s, we discovered that our bodies have the endocannabinoid system. So we have natural receptors to cannabinoids. And that's why this plant is so powerful to so many, because it is a natural regulator for our body. And, but we, the focus so far has really only been on THC and CBD. There's a few more that people have started to touch on, but really we don't know all the true benefits of these different cannabinoids and how those can affect us. You know, I've talked to people with certain stories of kids that are epileptic and there's really, it has to be a specific strain um, and, and what will really help that type of epilepsy. So it's also the, because that was heavier in certain cannabinoids and maybe different and certain terpenes as well. So understanding and learning how the cannabinoids and the terpenes all blend together on the entourage effect and how they can heal and help people in different ways. So I think we're really going to see more research done and more education on these different cannabinoids um, and see more products out there that really target um, different ailments in different ways. Um, It is very hard right now still because research is still limited due to it being federally illegal but more and more people are aware of it, and and Congress has a number of bills out there to increase the amount of research being done. Um, so I really think we're we're definitely headed in a positive direction. Thank you. And if you you will permit me, I'm just going to read a quick uh, sentence here about what terpenes are. Tell me if this is correct, Autumn. This is an article from Leafly L e a f l y dot com from February 2014. So it's way back in the day. Secreted in the same glands that produce cannabinoids like THC and CBD, terpenes are aromatic oils that color cannabis varieties with distinctive flavors like citrus, berry, mint and pine. Is that what the kind of uh, terpenes you're talking about, Autumn? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so like we have a we have a um a strain called chocolate hashberry and it it really smells like chocolate. And uh you know, more of a citrusy uh orange crush one. It really the the orange and the citrus just pops out of it. It's fascinating. fascinating. And and fascinating. how those kind of, you know, even when you like lavender makes you how it makes you feel these type of terpenes really um, benefit the cannabis plant, not only with the cannabinoids, but also with the terpenes. Thank you. I love the way you say cannabinoids. It took me a long time to be able to pronounce that, and you know I couldn't last time mm-hmm. you were on, Autumn, so I am I am evolving here. <laughs> Thank you. T- Tina Frontato sent me the following prediction. This is interesting. She says, pharmaceutical companies will be the largest anti-cannabis lobbying group. Further legalization of cannabis will challenge Big Pharma's bottom line. I'm just going to stop there. Tina? Without getting political, mm-hmm. let's keep this at the okay. at this industry versus industry level. And what what do you think? What's your prediction here? Well, I think being able to grow a plant and manufacture a plant yourself, you can grow a plant in your backyard and mm-hmm. put that flower, which is you we used to call it bud in the old days, um, into an oil in a crock pot and then create your, your own medicine is quite different than having to purchase that with a prescription and over the counter. So, um, A, I think that is one area. And I think the second area is being able to have the freedom to visit places like the pharmacy and other dispensaries and buy the cleanest, most environmentally friendly plant ever, um, grown, particularly here in Santa Barbara County, and have medicine that you know exactly where it comes from, who grows it, how it's grown, so you can walk right down to pharmacy, purchase a product from Autumn Brands. I mean, really, where where else and what other type of medication can you know exactly who's growing it, how it's being grown, where it's being grown? and purchase it knowing that it's absolutely clean because cannabis here in California has to be tested to the parts per billion for impurities in mold and, and other types of contaminants. So um, that's, that's where I'm seeing this with pharmaceuticals is that, I mean, this is a direct threat to their bottom line. They will be losing customers 
And particularly with our LEAF learnings, as I mentioned before, the majority of those that attend our LEAF learnings are 65 and over, looking particularly to transition away from over-the-counter and pharmaceuticals. Fascinating. Thank you very much. Was Diana that, was that yep, as non-political as... <laughs> yes, that, that's beautiful. That's, that's fine. That's just, just the facts. Thank you so much, Diana Starr-Langley. I'm looking at your first prediction brief and to the point you say nanotechnology will become a larger percent of CBD and cannabis products. You already gave us a little bit of an intro to that, so why don't you tell us a little more about what you mean nanotechnology and then what is your prediction? So uh, I want to make sure that your audience understands that we've been throwing around the term CBD and cannabis. There is CBD and cannabis, and there is cannabis in C- or THC in CBD. But CBD is defined as, as, as the plant that has less than 0.3% THC in it. So um, CBD is the one that everyone is seeing on the Internet. It can be sold in all 50 states. It can be sent to Europe. It's, uh, it is the... Um, it is the uh, hemp plant, um, mm-hmm. as it's defined. And then the cannabis is the one with the higher THC. But it also has CBD in it. And both components, I think one of the gals talked about the entourage effect and that both of those components make each other better, in my opinion. And again, Autumn and some of these guys are a lot more educated in this than I am. Um, but yeah, from everything we've seen, both of, both of them are boosters to the other. Um, and both of them have uh, distinct healing properties that um, I think are better together. Um, but as far as the, the nanotechnology part, so what we think is that since um, the body is um, a high, high percentage of water, that the um, body is better, can better accept a water-based product. Mm-hmm. And this is why, like, if you take a pain pill, you don't want it to kick in in an hour. You want it to kick in in 10 minutes. And that's right. why the pharmaceutical, you also don't want to lose 80% of it. And with some edibles, um, 80% of it goes to your liver and 20% actually makes it to your bloodstream. So with that said, there are certain products that might be better with the nanotechnology. And nano's been around for a long, long time. Um, it just hasn't been in this industry for more than a couple years um, to any great extent. But it's still a very, very tiny part of the market. So even though we're a nano company, some of the products that we're making, say, for autism and for, um, for cancer patients do- cannot be nano. So I, I don't want to say that nano is the only way to go because we make a lot of oil-based products because that's what's best for that particular application. So um, I think nano will become a bigger part of markets. I think um, it'll become um, more and more people will start jumping in and learning how to make nano-type products, or they will buy bulk from us and and make their own products with nano. We tend to think nano products work better, whether whether it's a cream or... But there are certain products that are just not not made for a nano product, and in those Mm -hmm. cases, we make them with oil. Thank you very much. I'm going to do a little definition here, a little what I call level setting. Nanotechnology is a manipulation of matter on an atomic, molecular, and supramolecular scale. And if anybody's interested in knowing, well, I'm assuming my audience is, a nanometer is one billionth of a meter. A sheet of paper is about 100,000 nanometers thick. A single gold atom is about a third of a nanometer in diameter. Did you like those, Diana? <laughs> yes, how about Sha- uh, Sha- um, Shaquille O'Neal is 2 billion nanometers tall. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, you outdid me on my on my trivia here. Thank you very much. Of course, I just knew mine. Mine were just in my head, and I had three, and I'm only teasing you. That's fascinating. Yes, nobody knows where I come up with it. Nobody knows where I come up with all these facts. It's my secret that I've got two 27-inch screens and I'm quick on the draw. Nobody knows that. Here we go. Thank you. Lealoa Kale sent me the following prediction. This is interesting. Increase, she predicts the increase in popularity of microdose cannabis products. Lealoa, is this different from nano? Is this, uh, talk to me, what is microdose? Sounds fascinating. So um, microdose is two and a half milligrams of THC. Um, that can be anywhere from two and a half to five. Um, Ten would be a regular dose. So it's really just a numerical way to identify 
where each person is comfortable. Um, so what we're starting to see is that more and more brands are coming out with microdose products that enable people who are new to the industry, to new to cannabis consumption, to be able to try smaller amounts to see where they feel comfortable. Um, where does it just kind of take the edge off and help with anxiety, help with, um, with pain, um, you know, a lot of the things that people are looking for and that they turn to cannabis for without taking something that is going to be overwhelming. I can't even tell you how many people come into the store with a story about somebody who made brownies for them in their teenage years, and it was an awful experience. So yep. this is really the polar opposite of that. And they are, you know, mints and gummies, and there are nanoproducts that are available in very small dosages. So people who are thinking about cannabis as a way to, um, you know, just to help them unwind at the end of the night with various needs, and they can try incrementally. And um, it's it's a, not a scary approach. It's a really safe way to just get started. So, um, you know, I think it's it's starting to really be much more popular with different brands, and we're also seeing other cannabinoids being introduced, like CBN. So um, there are, you know, we're just at the forefront of what all of these different brands are really coming up with, which is very Thank you very much. I I have a question for you, Lealoha, and and for the whole panel. You brought up a very interesting thing. People have had a negative, I won't say bad, negative experience or a life-changing or threatening experience with something years ago where they didn't know the origin of what somebody, quote-unquote, gave them or what they experimented with. I'm keeping it very neutral here in terms of the origin of the problem. And, And they are afraid. What do you recommend if somebody says, well, that microdose sounds interesting, that gummy looks kind of cool, and maybe one bite of that brownie, and now I know where it came from and, and what's in it. Uh, do you recommend that people do that with, with a trusted person with them or in a public setting or so that people don't get scared? You want them to embrace the benefits and not be scared all over again. So let's just go around the table quickly on that. I think it's important. Lealoha, since you started this, let's start with you and let's just quickly cycle around the table. What's your recommendation? Well, I think a private setting where you feel comfortable already in your own home, um, at the home of a friend, um, somewhere where you feel at ease is a great place to start. Um, Starting with a product that is a microdose that is certainly very low, um, where you don't have to really be afraid, nothing is going to be overwhelming for you, and really just to, you know, keep an open mind and understand that everything that you're taking that is purchased in a licensed dispensary is going to be tested. It's going to be measured. What you take is exactly what you see on the package, as opposed to that homemade, you know, brownie from years past where you actually had no idea how much was in it and the person who who made it might not have any idea as well. So at this point, we can really quantify how much um, we're ingesting, which I think makes it much easier to, to start out. And, and Lealoha, I have a really silly question. Autumn, I'm going to tee you up in a second here. Is there a size chart? And, and don't think, I'm, I'm thinking when you go to buy pantyhose, or you go to buy clothes or shoes, it's if, if this is your waist size, you need this size in a dress. Or if this is how tall you are, you need this size in pantyhose. Is there a chart that says if this is your weight, this is your age, you probably want this microdose to advise or counsel on the package itself or in the dispensary? Lealoha, and then we'll, I promise we'll go around the table. How do we we know how much of a microdose certain people need or should have? Well, when starting off with um, with cannabis for the first time, we always suggest to start low and go slow. So okay. you start with a, a microdose and you wait. If you don't feel anything within an hour, wait another hour. So um, there isn't really a formula for weight or height. Um, or age, anything like that, that is um, black and white. So there always is a bit of experimentation involved with what's going to work for everybody. Everybody's, um, you know, system is different. So, but with a, with a very low microdose, it's a safe place to start. You can always kind of add, um, you know, when you want to try again the following day or try a couple hours later. 
So, um, yeah, there's there's a little bit of trial and error. That's why we always suggest starting at the lowest as possible. That's what I wanted to know. Autumn Shelton, please join us on this just before we go to the next set of predictions. What do you agree, disagree with Lealoha, or do you have a different recommendation? I definitely agree, um, and that is definitely, we, we can't say it enough, go low and go slow um, for anybody that's trying it out. You know, don't don't take too much. There's also certain strains that are uh, more susceptible to making you feel paranoia, so avoiding those ones as well, higher sativas. Um, so, but it is all about experimenting. It's, it does depend on your kind of your body weight, but there's no, no specific formula here. So it is best to just do it with somebody, smoke for the first time with somebody that you're comfortable with and at home, maybe not out in a, um, um, a social environment, um, unless this is something that you are feeling comfortable with. But I remember even in my twenties, I would, I was very comfortable with cannabis but then there would be an instance where all of a sudden I, I got a moment of, of paranoia. And I mm-hmm. know now, I didn't know what kind of strain it was. Someone, I was, someone just had it. So I know now that, yes, that was probably a higher sativa, and I probably smoked a little too much of that one moment. So it's really important to, yes, just go slow, keep it low, build up slowly as you go, and always just be in a really comfortable environment with people that you trust. Thank you. Tina Frontato, join us, please. Thoughts? Um, I agree with what everybody said. I think there's just a couple things that I'd, that I'd like to add to that, and that would be that the mode of delivery also um, can bring you a different feeling from the cannabis plant. So if you're, if you're inhaling it, meaning if you're smoking or using a vape pen, as opposed to if you're ingesting it through an edible, that can feel different for you. And um, every... Every body is different, and um, the good thing is that you cannot OD from it. You can get a little too high and can make you feel uncomfortable, but this too shall pass. And I'd say the big takeaway that we leave with all our LEAF learners, all of those that come for education, is to buy legal and request local. So I know that, you know, Billy Next Door has been growing for you, and that's been your name source. But um, you don't know what's in Billy's. Not that he's lacing it with anything, but there could be mold. There could be other contaminants that are not healthy for our body. And when you buy at a legally licensed dispensary, you know exactly what you're getting as far as um, the dosage, the purity. So that, that would be my little add-on. Thank you very much. Very important. Diana Starr-Langley, let's wrap this up with you. What do you? What's your take on how to know what you should or shouldn't be doing for the new round of introducing it back into your life or a first-timer? What do you think? Well, I, I agree with all of the above, um, especially the part that, you know, every kind of uh, the different modes of taking it, um, whether it's a gummy or smoking, will give you a different effect. So, People want or need different effects, or they tend mm-hmm. to like different effects after a while. Like if someone's been smoking, it's hard to give, get them to give that up because they they like that effect. That's what works for them. And um, whereas somebody else who's a newbie, um, uh, a microdose is probably a really great way to start. And and those are more like an edible or a something that they can that they know exactly. That's the beauty of where we are today with Tina saying by by, you know, legal is that we're in an age where it was not possible to know what dosage we were getting before. That's right. Um I don't know if you guys have seen the Joe Rogan YouTube um just YouTube uh, Joe Rogan gummy. And he says, you know, there's you know, let's all agree that a gummy should not own your soul. Um mm. and then the other one he says is um if I'm supposed to only eat the leg of the gummy, why do I have to buy the whole freaking gummy? Um, so, and now, and this, that was, you know, years ago. And then today, now we're at a point where you can go in the pharmacy and you can buy, and you know if you want two and a half, you're getting two and a half. We are mm-hmm. so regulated, we are so compliant that we, you know, that everything is labeled, the way, you know, based on lab testing. So you can trust it. Interesting. I have to tell you, ladies, there's, I'm watching a, a series a streaming on, um, it's on one of the on-demand streaming channels. I'm trying to, oh, it's Prime, Prime. I'm watching Nikita, which hasn't been on in years, Maggie Q, and it's just absolutely fascinating. And uh, there's a commercial. The deal is you can get to watch it for free, 
if you're willing to put up with the commercials. Well, there's one particular ad that and the commercial happens maybe once every 8 to 10 minutes. And sometimes there's 15 seconds. Sometimes there's 60 seconds of commercials. They're very short. And they give you a chance to take a breath because the show is is so ridiculously high stress watching it that it's, oh, thank God I could stop thinking about it for a second. There's a commercial with a, a young woman who is wrapped in blue and white. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Blue and white yarn. And she's wrapped so thick that she's almost like a, a, a spinning dervish. It's huge around her. She's wrapped in these miles and miles of this stuff. And she starts, somebody pulls the edge of the cord of this yarn. And she starts spinning and spinning and spinning. And out fly her phone and a laptop and a kitten and her lunch and everything. And it says, relax with gummies. And I was wondering if this was a CBD or a hemp product. So I Googled it, and it turns out it's not. It's a melatonin product, and it's called Relax. <laughs> and I kept watching. I said, wait a minute. They're advertising. How could they do that? This, I don't know if it's a current commercial put into Prime on Prime Video. In other words, added into the, the, the segments of this particular old show or whether it was from then, from a couple of years ago. But I, I Googled it a couple of times. I said, wait a minute. This sounds like they're selling. But it's called Gummies, and it's called Relax. Has anybody seen that? ad it's a riot no, no. have you seen the stevia ad have you seen the stevia ad no what's that one but during the choice awards you've got to do this the stevia ad um is about they go stevia comes from a plant and then it says well then i can grow it in my backyard i can grow it in my closet my parents can't stop me <laughs> it goes. It goes on this whole long thing. I mean, kind of mimicking weed, but with the stevia plant. And then at the end it says, "Or you could just buy it pre-made." You know, it's just like oh. anyway. It, it's hilarious. You've got to watch it. It's so it's hilarious. the same it's thought so process. They're they're basically piggybacking onto the the idea of something that's a CBD product, and they're, they're letting you think that that's what it is. Thank you for interesting. We have time for just a couple more predictions. Actually, at the end of most of my shows, I say, look into the crystal ball and predict, but this show, whole show is prediction. So, uh, Autumn, I'm looking at your third one, important. Let's talk about this. You say cannabis topicals. I don't think we've covered topicals yet. As athletes, boomers, I'm a boomer, ladies, I admit it, and the general consumer start to understand the benefits of topicals, lotions and bombs with THC, and more dispensaries and delivery services become available, she predicts we'll see a huge increase in topical sales in regulated cannabis retail in 2020. That's now. Autumn, tell me a little bit more. Sounds interesting. Yeah, we're seeing more and more top. You know, the popularity of hemp topicals is definitely already out there. The ones you can, when I say hemp, you know, I mean CBD rich um, that you can buy on Amazon or in your local grocery store. But what's the difference between a topical with hemp and, and a lot of those, unfortunately, just have CBD. They've they've extracted out the CBD out of it, so they're not even getting all the other cannabinoids within the hemp product. So you really do want to focus on the ones that are full spectrum, meaning it is the whole plant um, in those products. But the difference of the cannabis is the THC and THC. Higher levels of THC mixed with the CBD and the other cannabinoids are really where you see the effects of these topicals whether it's a balm or a lotion, and for different ailments, um, you know, whether it's pain or um, inflammation um, or skin um, um, irritations that you might have, these cannabis-type products are just so important. And I, I, the more and more I talk to people, and I, and I bought a number of them for people and shared them, that they've, they've tried, the, tried some hemp products, and then they try the ones with THC that, they, that you buy from a dispensary, mm-hmm. and overnight their pain goes away. My grandmother, for one, she, you know, every night she could never sleep. And she tried this and she put it on her knee. And for the first time, she felt like she could walk again. She felt like she could sleep again. Oh, my. You know, for me, I, I'm constantly doing it. I'm a mom and I'm always at a computer. So I have, I get a lot of neck pain. Um, and so I use, I utilize these type of topicals. And, and there's people that have different kind of skin um, um issues and that they can use these kind of topicals and it really helps helps instantly um, regulate your body. So when we, as we see cannabis internally regulate our organs in different parts of us, we also can see that our skin can really be affected and help um, in different ways. So I, I think as people feel more comfortable with dispensaries and there's more dispensaries and delivery services opening up, um, you'll really see the, the lotions and the balms, the topicals really take off this year. 
Thank you. And I have one more prediction. I think we can squeeze this one in. Four minutes to go. Tina Frontato says, there's no denying cannabis's incredible mm. health, wellness, and healing properties. Research findings mm. will be the foundation for Western medicine's acceptance and integrating of this plant into doctor's recommendations. And here's what she predicts. I predict, Tina says, the palliative hospice and geriatrics arenas will be the leaders. Can you just spend about a minute and a half on this, Tina, before we close? Go ahead, please. Sure. Well, and you know, as we discussed, that sixty-four percent of those that are that are new mm-hmm. to cannabis, or, or I'm sorry, sixty-four and older are new to cannabis, is the fastest growing demographic um, of consumers of this product, and that is because of um, the ramifications that aging has on our bodies. And you know, we we have just in the last twenty years have acknowledged that holistic that. Um, Palliative care and hospice care is um, something to be talked about and to be implemented and to help those that are transition from here to there in a very beautiful and calm and as most pain-free way as possible. I mean, that is the mission of palliative care and hospice care. And the cannabis plant is really the most versatile way in which dosing and pain management can be utilized for this demographic. So um, the, the biggest obstacle right now is that many of the palliative and healthcare industries are tied to federal monies, and so they are prohibited from recommending or providing it on site. However, in our experience, we've just lost my, my father-in-law in September, we lost my dad a few years back, and all of the palliative and health care teams said to us, I can't recommend it to you, but we encourage you to find the dosing and the application that works best for him because we know that it works. So I, I think as more of the healthcare industry comes on board and they begin teaching the endocannabinoid system in medical school, that we are going to see really in the next couple couple years a real acceptance of this plant. Thank you very much. Ladies, it's been such a pleasure. I've learned a lot from the four of you. I'm impressed. Autumn, every time you bring your colleagues, your your friends, the people in the industry on the show with you, I always am so impressed with all of your energy and your passion and your commitment and how damn smart you all are and I really appreciate that so I want to say thank you to all of you for being with me Autumn Shelton always a pleasure come back later in the year bring me the same ladies or another panel we'll talk again Tina Frontado such a pleasure to meet you Diana Star Langley as well and Leah Aloha Kale I think I got your name right just about every single time I want to say thank you to my Engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller at Voice America, World Talk Radio, the Business Channel. And again, thank you so much to my partner in crime behind the scenes. Uh, His name is Ryan Treasure. He's co-producer, and he's that wonderful voice on the intro to the show. And you'll hear it again when he says, now, now, now. I always get goosebumps. Thank you, Ryan. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. And remember, thank you for tuning in to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Remember, the future of now did not happen yet. You're part of it. Let's make it great. Bonnie D. Graham, a.k.a. Radio Red, signing off. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Bye-bye.